Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, your friend, Hal Elrod, fellow human being, doing this thing called life with you. And uh, today we're going to talk about how to be prepared, not paranoid. How to be prepared, not paranoid. I posted on social media about some supply chain issues and potentially food shortages that may be coming that are actually already showing up in grocery stores and the restaurant industry and uh, I wanted to share it with you as well and just talk about some of the things I've done to prepare and then give you some actual actionable resources that you can take as well. And again, the theme of us just being prepared so that uh, we don't have to be paranoid because you know when you're prepared, you're able to sleep well at night. With that said, before we dive into the episode today, which by the way, is one of the shortest episodes I've done in a long time. I got to the point where I'm like, all right, I think that's all I want to share. And it was 26 minutes. I go, wow, that's a short one. So you're going to get a lot of useful, valuable, actionable information in a very short amount of time. Before that, though, I want to just take a minute to acknowledge and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Organifi. And if you value health, I'd imagine that you do. I think most of us do. We don't always act in alignment with that value because it's sometimes easier to eat on the go, eat quick things that are, whether it's microwavable or fast food or whatever. But if you want a kind of a shortcut to health, Organifi at least gives you a plethora of nutrients in a simple, easy to consume manner. You just tear open a packet of Organifi or open the lid, scoop in green juice, red juice, a variety of superfoods and adaptogens to boost your health, boost your energy, calm your stress, help you sleep better, you name it. Head over to Organifi.com forward slash Hal. Again, that's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi with an I, Organifi.com forward slash Hal. And uh, check out their products. I I use them every day. And uh, if you find something you like, Use the code HAL, H-A-L, at checkout, and you'll get an additional 15% off of your entire order. And without any further ado, let's talk about it. How to be prepared, but not paranoid. Hey, Goal Achievers, it's Hal Elrod, and welcome to the podcast today. Today, I'm going to talk about, well, a few things. Food, this winter, and really just about being prepared. I posted on Facebook and social media on Instagram the other day. Actually, I'm going to read the post to you about this. And actually, it was yesterday, I think, and got lots of feedback, mostly positive. People either saying, yes, I'm aware of this, or others saying, thank you so much for letting me know. I had no idea. And then a few saying things like, Hal, you know, you're creating a panic and this and that. And my intention with the post that I'm about to read in today's episode is in no way to create a panic. There's two mantras, if you will, that I live by. One is to be aware, but not afraid, right? Be aware of what's going on in the world. 
Be aware of what's going on in your life, but don't be afraid. There's really usually not value in any kind of sustained fear. And the other is to be prepared, but not paranoid. My good friend, John Broman, founder of Front Row Dads, you know, always says, I don't prepare so I lay awake at night worrying about stuff. I prepare so that I can sleep well at night knowing that I've prepared. And so let me just read the post and then we'll dive deeper into this than I was able to do on social media, including a lot of the questions that I got. I'll kind of incorporate those into today's podcast. Uh, Here we go. Friends, I know this is a departure from what I normally post, but please take this message seriously. Our supply chains are in unprecedented disarray, including those that impact our food supply. Thus, there is a very realistic possibility that we could come to a point in the near future, this fall or winter, when we experience food shortages like we've never experienced before. I'm talking about grocery stores and restaurants not being able to get food delivered to them for an unknown amount of time. Think about this for a second. So if you're listening right now, think about this. If you weren't able to get food from a grocery store or a restaurant for weeks or even months, you know, who knows? I hopefully would never go that long. But I really want you to think about that. Like, we're so dependent on, you know, I need food, so I'm going to go to the grocery store. As a society, we used to be self-reliant. I I forgot that I've read the stats, but 100 years ago or 50 years ago, like what percentage of society actually farmed and grew their own food? Not even farmed like as farmers, but they just grew their own food. And then today, that's such a, a lost initiative. Most don't do that anymore. So anyway, so think about that for a second, though. If you got to a point where there were food shortages, which by the way, we've seen these before. When COVID hit last winter in Texas, we've seen food shortages where the grocery store shelves were empty. Right now, there's a lot more factors at play from the cargo ships at sea. There's fertilizer. There's all these supply chain issues that are affecting the food industry. So for example, I I watched a video today that all these farmers are explaining they cannot get the supplies that they need, primarily fertilizer, to grow food. And that is unprecedented for them is what they're saying. And so that will eventually catch up to the food supply. So anyway, back to the post. If you couldn't get food from a grocery store or a restaurant for weeks or months, how long would your food supply at home last? This is a very real possibility right now based on factors that are already in motion and that are outside of our control. Now, normally, I don't pay much attention to the fear-mongering news, but after experiencing food shortages when COVID hit, think empty grocery shelves as well as last winter during the Texas snow apocalypse, and now paying close attention to the current disruptions in our supply chains. I have friends in related industries who have confirmed it's even worse than we're being told, like it's worse than they're reporting on it, probably because they don't want to create panic, which is, I think, important. But I encourage all of us to do the same, at least getting a 30-day supply of food. Now, as for what food to buy, you can Google emergency food and get a bunch of unhealthy 25-year shelf life foods that are loaded with preservatives. But if you value eating healthy, I recommend simply ordering organic rice and beans, as well as mung beans that you can sprout. Google how to sprout mung beans, M-U-N-G, mung beans, so that you can have living food that's also high in protein. Mung beans have seven grams of protein per one ounce. They're very high in protein. And none of those are very expensive, even the organic stuff. None of those options, right? Organic rice and beans. You can get stuff on Amazon, but I personally, there's a brand and a website that sells bulk nuts and seeds and rice and beans and all sorts of stuff. It's foodtolive.com. So I'd encourage you, that's a great place to start, foodtolive.com. 
Now, you might also consider stocking up on organic buckwheat, oatmeal, nuts, freeze-dried fruits, canned food, lots of bottled water, and storing meat and vegetables in a freezer. And then you might want to get a generator to power your fridge and freezer in case you lose power. And again, this isn't like doomsday prepping that I'm talking about. It's just last winter in Texas, millions of homes lost power for five, I think it was roughly five days. But think about that. Your food in the fridge, it's not going to last. Now, people that were smart, they took their food and they put it outside in the snow, right? Like, so there was actually, luckily, there was kind of a way around that. But you might look at getting a generator to handle your refrigerator, your freezer, a deep freezer if you have one. And one of the most popular generators is a Honda 2200. It's one of the most efficient and effective. There are less expensive options, though. Uh, Champion makes a good generator. And you can find those just about, you know, again, Home Depot, Lowe's, Amazon, Tractor Supply, those types of stores you can find generators. If you have any questions for me around specifics, please feel free to post them in the comments and I'll do my best to answer everyone. So the same goes on the podcast. If you have any questions around this topic, feel free to post them at uh, halelrod.com forward slash 403, I believe. So halelrod.com forward slash 403, if you have any questions on what we're talking about today. So in that post, I just screenshotted some headlines, one from today, Fall may bring more grocery shortages. Here's what to expect. Another one from smallbiztrends.com. Current food shortages, what your business will have trouble getting right now. Another one from Parade. Food shortages at local supermarket are about to be a new normal if they aren't already. Current shortages result from a combination of increased demand. USDA data shows that demand for food is up 13% versus last year and tightening supply. And by the way, all of these headlines, I made sure they were all current. They're all from October of 2021. And then another one from Thrillist.com. More food shortages are coming this fall. You might have to get a little creative with your Thanksgiving menu. Now, this is happening also in real time. In fact, when I posted this, one of my good friends, Brianna Greenspan, either her or her fiance, Josh Eidenberg, one of them posted pictures that they were at a restaurant that they normally go to and they went there and it was closed. And they said, we're closed because we cannot get enough food. And then I went and just started doing a little Google search and found there's a lot of restaurants right now that are also restaurants and grocery stores. Oh, and my wife, again, this is as real time as it gets. Yesterday, she came home and said she was at Trader Joe's, the grocery store, and there was limited amounts of things on the shelves. And she went up to the, I think, one of the cashiers and said, hey, do you guys have more of this in the back? And... I'm trying to remember what my wife said. I'm paraphrasing, but basically the woman looked at her with a very concerned look and said, we have nothing in the back and we don't know when we're getting any more. Everything on the shelves is all that we have. And my wife came home. She's like, I'm a little nervous or scared. Like the lady at Trader Joe's was like, whatever the word would be for just kind of awestruck that, yeah, we don't have any food in the back. This is all we have. And we don't know when we're getting more. So, My intention here is not to create fear or panic. When we are in fear, we don't operate well. We don't make good decisions. We don't think clearly. In fact, I want to take a minute to address that. I did an episode a few weeks back on becoming fearless. And I want to remind you of what, before I go further, I'm going to talk about food today. I'm going to talk about preparing. I'm going to talk about 
what things you can do, really practical things. I already gave you one, right? Foodtolive.com. And as I said in my post, you know, you can get all the calories you need off of organic rice and beans and then get organic mung beans so that you can sprout them and have living food. One of the questions I got in my post was, what's the point of sprouting mung beans and what's the benefit of living food? I want you to think about this. Food is energy. Think of it that way. Food is energy. And when you cook your food, you're essentially killing much of the life energy that was once alive in that food when it was growing. It's already begun dying. You literally take a piece of broccoli, you cut it off the stalk, you put it in a grocery store, and it's dying every day that it sits in that grocery store. In fact, every day from the day it was sliced, right? When fruit is sliced from the vine, it begins the dying process, right? It begins dying. But the beauty of that is if you want to have energy, you eat living foods, and sprouting foods like mung beans, you can sprout a lot of different foods, broccoli sprouts, you can sprout lentils, you can sprout a lot of different things. I like mung beans, it's my favorite. One, because it's so high in protein, seven grams of protein per one ounce, but also because, so here's the benefit of living food. Think about it. Instead of food dying the moment that it's cut from the vine, when you start sprouting a mung bean, what happens is you soak it in water for about 12 hours. So in the morning, I'll put a bunch of mung beans in water. I'll soak them in a jar. And then 12 hours later, I'll dump the water out. And then I wait for about four or five more hours or the next morning, depending on when I do my sprouting. And when I do that, then they start sprouting. Literally a little tail, it looks like a tail, starts growing out of each of the mung beans. So think about that from a practical sense. It's literally living energy. So food is energy. And the moment you cut food from a vine, it begins dying, right? Or the moment you kill an animal, the food begins dying. The energy begins dwindling. But when you sprout something, it's literally coming to life. And then that life energy, you're consuming it when you eat it. So that's the point of having sprouts is so that you have a living food source if you're not able to get fresh produce and that sort of thing. It's one of the healthiest things that I've found that you can eat. So I eat it all the time, by the way. I just put it in my, I eat a salad every day and every day I put sprouted mung beans in my salad. So that's something I've been doing for a long time. So with that, let me recite this about fear because this is what I talked about a few weeks ago. And it's really important because what I'm sharing today is in no way, I don't want you to be in any sort of fear at all. I want you to be aware, but not afraid. So you can be prepared and not paranoid, right? You follow, R write those down, remember those, aware but not afraid and prepared but not paranoid. So this is what I, I shared last week. Have you found yourself worrying about the future? And here's the breakthrough, here's the paradigm shift. Consider that worry isn't caused by imagining things we're afraid of as much as it is caused by imagining ourselves not being able to handle the things we're afraid of. So when you feel fear, affirm that you can handle anything that comes your way. So that was a paradigm shift for me is realizing that, oh, I'm not afraid of the thing, whatever the thing is that I'm imagining. I'm afraid that I won't be able to handle the thing. That's where the fear actually stems. Because on the other hand, imagine if instead of envisioning some difficult or scary or you know, some future circumstance and feeling like you can't handle it, perceiving that you won't be able to handle it and then feeling fear, what if instead you were envision that same difficult event or circumstance, but see yourself being able to handle it with ease? Then there'd be nothing to fear. So it's not the circumstance we're afraid of. 
it's our perceived inability to handle the circumstance that causes our fear. So in preparing, when you prepare, like I said, you prepare and then you're not paranoid because you've, you've taken the time to prepare. And so I'm also not advocating, I want to be really clear, I'm not advocating hoarding. Hoarding, right, meaning buying far more than you need out of fear, which is usually done out of fear, right? But buying far more than you need because that just exasperates the problem. Now, and I can't calculate if everybody listening to this podcast buys some organic rice and beans, if that's going to create some sort of issue, I, I don't know. I just, I want to share with you what I'm aware of to the best of my ability. And then you make your decision on how prepared you want to be. And for me, it's not about hoarding. It's about getting a little bit more of some supplies to have on hand so that I would be able to handle any kind of unexpected emergency, such as the pandemic when grocery stores were empty and you couldn't get toilet paper, right? And also when the snow apocalypse in Texas last year, again, same thing, you couldn't get meat. All of the meat in stores was empty. So now here's the beauty of it. Think of it this way. Here's the beauty of preparing when it's not an emergency. And this actually counteracts anyone that's concerned with like, well, how you're promoting hoarding and that's going to make the situation worse. No, here's the deal. If you're not prepared, then when the emergency strikes, everybody rushes to the store. And that's why during the snow apocalypse in Texas last year, there was no meat. Now, my wife and I, we've got some meat in the freezer. So if a snow apocalypse happens again this winter, then we don't have to rush to the grocery store and buy off the shelves and deplete the food supply when it is most needed. We just walk out to our freezer and we have meat available. So I want to share that perspective or that way of looking at it because, and I didn't address that in my post, but that was one of the pieces of feedback I got is how you're adding to the fear mongering and you're essentially promoting hoarding, even though I wasn't promoting hoarding, but they felt that I my post would promote hoarding. But again, no, it's preparing now when there is an ample supply so that if there's ever an emergency, you don't have to rush to the store and take away from someone else that didn't prepare. And that's kind of my intention with this episode and with me posting that the other day is to have as many of us prepare. And I, I have a little extra on hand too for like friends and family that maybe didn't prepare. I keep some extra on hand as well. In fact, one of my friends, she's a uh, big time gardener and she has a philosophy that 15% of her yield is for people in her life that are not prepared. So she plans for that. All of the food she grows, she grows 85% for her and her family and she sets aside 15%. She cans, she freeze dries, she does all sorts of stuff to have food to give to people that if there is an emergency and they weren't prepared, she can help add to the food supply, right? Which is a beautiful thing. And something I think we should all be considering is how can we be in a good place so much so that not only can we take care of ourselves, but we can actually take care of friends and family and others in need, you know? And I'm hopeful that I'm always optimistic that our food supply chains get figured out, but I'd rather all of us be safe than sorry or hungry. So, Yeah, I don't know that there's much more to share than that. Now that I think about it, I just, I really, well, let me think if there's anything else that I should share. I mentioned foods to get, you know, if you want to eat healthy, you can always go to the emergency supply and get the 25-year shelf life stuff. Although I've heard that because of the supply chains, that some of the biggest suppliers of emergency food, that stuff that lasts for 25 years, they actually don't have any. 
I think Mountain House, one of my friends said that Mountain House, which is like, it might be the number one supplier, if not one of the top few, they're out, they're out of stock. And they said they don't know when they're going to be getting any back. So I'd encourage all of you to consider this. And of course, you don't have to listen to me and no problem. But I love you genuinely. I love you and I care about you enough that I wanted to at least bring this to your attention. And again, one website, foodtolive.com. And for me, it's got to be organic. Like I, I won't eat pesticides. And I don't mean that like on a high horse. It's just that I had cancer and Roundup, the number one pesticide has been shown to cause cancer. And so it's like, I'm not willing to put anything in my body knowingly that could cause cancer for me. So for me, it's got to be organic. And so food to live, I don't know if all of their food is organic, foodtolive.com. But, you know, I buy bulk rice and beans there and nuts and seeds and all sorts of stuff. And it's all, all the stuff I can get there is organic. So I think that's it. If you have any other suggestions or questions, please let me know. Oh, no, there's a couple more things I wanted to share. One is water. You might consider getting either bottled water or getting a Berkey water filter or both. I have a Berkey water filter. Uh, My friend Mike Dillard highly recommended it. And it's kind of the industry standard for being able to filter water. In fact, I've read that you can filter pool water and then you can drink it. That's how good of a filter it is. Now, I don't know if I, you know, I'd have to be in a real emergency to have to start drinking water out of my pool. But hey, you know, if that's an option, that's an option. So B-E-R-K-E-Y. So you can Google Berkey water filters. They start somewhere around maybe $150 or something like that. Maybe less, actually. They have small ones. Then they go up to a few hundred bucks. But that's an option. But you definitely, obviously, you know, we can survive without food for a few days. Water, what is it? You know, 24 hours or whatever, not nearly as long. So you might want to get some bottled water, get a Berkey water filter. And again, this is not doomsday prepping. That's not what I'm advocating for here. It's just prepping for this winter based on what happened last year. Not everywhere, of course. San Diego was fine. (laughs) San Diego was fine. But the food shortage stuff is that could be anywhere and everywhere based on when the supply chain issues like that's not a winter thing. That literally is just a cause and effect thing that's occurring right now. What was the other thing? Oh, and then the generator I mentioned. There's been talk of power outages across, I don't know the specifics of where, but I know we experienced. And by the way, in Texas, I want you to keep this in mind. In Texas, we were out of power for five days last year. And that's Texas, by the way. We're not a winter state, right? Like, which is why we were so, you know, it caught us by surprise. Now, because of that, they let us know, they being the state or the government agencies that control the power grid, they told us, I think we were within 24 hours of the grid going down. They said it would have been down for two months. So I want you to think about that. If there's no power, like I'm glad I didn't forget this part because I want you to really think about that. If the grid were to go down for two months, that would mean grocery stores would not be able to keep their groceries cold. Their refrigerators wouldn't work. Gas stations wouldn't be able to pump gas, right? We've had all these weird cyber attacks lately. You know, the part of the Southeast grid was down for, I don't remember how, this was like a month or two ago. It was down for an extended period of time though, for many days and no one could get gas because the gas stations didn't have power to power the gas pumps. 
So like you think about that in a grid down situation, you got to be pretty self-sufficient because yeah, the grocery stores, they might have backup generators, but if they can't get fuel, that's only going to last them for so long. So again, this isn't doomsday prepping. This is just being practical and looking at, okay, let's learn from the recent past and then let's be prepared as best as we can so that we're not paranoid, so that we go, yeah, I've got a month worth of food for my families and water. So like, we're good. I got a generator and I, I bought some fuel. Like for me personally, we got some five gallon fuel tanks off Amazon or whatever. So we have some, some fuel tanks and we have some propane and, you know, just a few different options for power and that sort of thing. So, ah, I just want to share with you, just take action. Don't just go, ah, yeah, yeah, I'll consider that. Like, I would encourage you to get some food, maybe get some water, get some fuel source, especially if you're in a spot where you could lose power. But again, who knows? Who knows what, you know, with these hackers and stuff, like who knows what the cause of power loss is going to be? It wasn't the winter when the Southeast lost power. This was summer. This was in the summer. In fact, a friend of mine had a cross-country camping trip planned where they had a trailer and they had to cancel it because their route was directly through all of these states that didn't have gas. So they had to cancel their trip because of that, right? You know, totally unpredictable. So I'd rather be prepared so I don't have to be paranoid and be aware, but not afraid. And that's it. If you have any questions on this, I will really engage in the dialogue you can leave me a comment at halelrod.com forward slash 403 on social media where I posted about this yesterday. I posted on three Facebook accounts and one Instagram account. And to my knowledge, I've responded to every single question on all four of those posts. And I will do the same on this podcast episode, episode 403 at halelrod.com forward slash 403. I think that's it. Goal achievers, friends, family, members of the Miracle Morning community, I love you. I appreciate you. I am not sharing this to cause any fear. Like I said, fear is imagining a circumstance and imagining that you won't be able to handle it, perceiving that. But if you spend some time now, uh, you know, just go on foodtolive.com and order some rice and beans and get some water, whatever, like then you'll feel prepared. And so then when you perceive the future of, oh my gosh, if something happened where we couldn't get food for a bit, I'm okay. I'm okay. So I really want to help you to be, to achieve inner peace as best I can. And this is just a practical, logistical consideration for you to do that. So if you have any questions, head over to halelward.com forward slash 403. Ask away. I will answer them. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 